Man, so glad you're here. Thanks for being here today. You know, it's been incredible um, seeing so many people engage the Word in our church. And, and like Chad said, if you haven't started with this, just jump in where we are. Um, what, what we're doing is we're going through the Bible this year, and every Sunday uh, we'll preach on something that we've read this week. And, uh, and it's been really fun to hear some of the, the stories. Like, uh, um, you know, I have had some people say, man, I've never read this many chapters in the Bible in a week before. That's awesome. Uh, I had, um, I've been getting some phone calls of some people that maybe have not read some of these stories before. And they're like, what's up with Abraham? I mean, the guy, like, didn't, he, like, told that Pharaoh that his wife was his sister. What's up with that? And they were mad. He was mad about it. They were mad. And, uh, and I go, well, get ready. He's going to do it again. And, uh, and what's interesting about the Bible, you see through some of these characters, their failures. You also see just how the Lord was at work in them through a lifetime. And one of the things that's cool about it is you get to see how, as you read through quickly, you get to see the, just the full story of how God was moving. It's just really incredible. There, there's some uh, young, Amber was telling me, there's a, some, uh, a family in our church that has children. And with the Old Testament readings, they're using their illustrated Bible, and then they're reading the New Testament together. So it's really been cool to hear some of these stories. And, and I want to remind us, as we engage the Bible, don't, don't just check this off as a religious checklist. You know, we have such a tendency to go through the motions or religious motions. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss the fact that, that God is speaking through his word. That God is drawing you to this relationship with him that is personal and real and interactive. And, and, and this is something I don't want you to miss because God's not some unknowable force that is, that has like started the world and he's wondering how it's going to work out. That's not what God's like. The Bible's very clear and I think history shows this, God's word shows this, that, that God is interactive with us. God has made himself known to us and God speaks to us as we live our lives. And we're seeing this through some of these narratives in the Old Testament, these stories. And uh, this morning, um, I just want to just pause for a second and remind us not to miss God as you're reading the Bible. That's why when we come to worship, the Holy Spirit's at work in the room. Let's not miss the Lord today, speaking through his word and meeting among us. But turn to Genesis 24. You read this this week, and, and, um, and, and you know, one of the things I want us to wrestle with today, because I think we've seen it in our Old Testament reading and our New Testament reading, how God works through prayer. And you know, can I just tell you one of the things I'm, I, I pray happens today? Is the Lord teaches us a little bit more on how to pray. And that's uh, something I'm praying for. So stand with me. Let's, let's look at Genesis 24. We're going to look at verses 26 and 27, but then we're going to kind of dig into... Genesis 24 and this incredible story. But at the end of the story, in verse 26, it says this, Then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, 
who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on, this, on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. you. May be seated. Now, now, let's look at Genesis 24 because it's interesting. And one of the things I think we'll see in the story today that it's like something we see all through the Bible. That from the very beginning of the Bible all the way through, you see how God is working through, and I want you to catch this, through the long-term discipline of prayer. Now, um, when you think about it, what, what is prayer? Prayer is a, it's not just you talking. Prayer describes this two-way communication between God and man. So, so let's recognize that, that if, if you're doing all the talk, you're, you're not doing all the talking and praying in prayer. You're doing some listening. And God is speaking. And this is a two-way conversation. This is why I don't want us to just go through the motions with our Bible reading. Same thing with the Bible. As we read the Bible, it's God's word to us. God is speaking to us. We need to listen. And then we pray and connect to God. And, and, and you know, think about what we've read this week. Just a few days ago, you read Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And that, fa- that fascinating question that the disciples asked Jesus when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. That's a fascinating question to me because if, I don't know, part of me thinks, man, if I was hanging out with Jesus, I'd be like, hey, Jesus, would you teach me to like spit in the mud thing and heal the blind guy? That's pretty cool. I mean, or, but they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, um, the disciples, like me and many of you, uh, you know, you've probably found that prayer can be hard work. It's hard to learn to pray. Uh, I'll be honest with you, praying has been, is harder than writing a sermon. Praying is harder than witnessing to friends. Prayer is something we need to learn, learn how to do. And, and I think this is really, imp- I think it's interesting that his disciples, like think about the disciples, um, they had a lot to learn when it came to prayer. We have a lot to learn when it comes to prayer. Uh, think about the, dis- the, the disciples. They, they walked with Jesus, and, and, and you, you see in their lives, they were struggling with everything they experienced. I mean, they, were, they struggled. Here was these, uh, you know, it's interesting. They were fishermen, tax collectors, zealots, all these guys that came together, uh, and they were struggling with each other, and th- there were times they fought with each other. They, they were... I mean, think about it. Jesus, as they walked with him, I mean, people either loved Jesus or hated him. And it was the disciples who often got the brunt of some of that difficulty. You know, they're trying to, um, they're dealing with the demons and spiritual attacks. And, 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 and it's, you know, they're under a lot of stress. And I, I think it makes sense that they looked at Jesus and they thought, man, he's doing pretty good. He's fine. He's handling all this stuff pretty well. Um, and you know what I think they noticed about Jesus? That's why Luke 11, 1, I think is so important because they looked at Jesus and said, man, he gets alone. He gets on his knee. He connects to God. And I think that's why they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because it was prayer. That was the secret that Jesus had probably. 
And he was God in the flesh, I get that. But, but, but he, he modeled for us how to connect with God. And, and, and you know, here's the thing. This is interesting. I would argue that, that no other discipline that we have in our lives is more important than prayer. I think it's interesting. We, it's the one we neglect the most. So let's look at Genesis 24. And, and I want us to catch this lesson on long-term prayer. Verse 1, you see that now Abraham was old and advanced in years, and the, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And so we, we, we see the, the long-term story of his life. We see his mistakes. We've seen some of his, his stumbles. And yet the Lord still, um, I think it's interesting what Abraham did. It's an interesting thing to model. He kept coming back to the Lord. He kept seeking the Lord. Even when he would make mistakes, he would kept coming to the Lord. Lord, what do you have for me? Lord, I'm coming to you. And, and the Lord blessed him. And, and, and look at verse 2. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of, of his household, who had charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh, that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven. That was just a way that they made a promise. That, that I may you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife from for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you'll go to my country and kindreds and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the, and the servant said to him, perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must, must then I take your, your son back to the land where you came? I think it's interesting here because you see Abraham's faith. And remember what God said to Abraham? He said, you're going to have... You're going to have a family line that outnumbers the stars, remember? But right here, Abraham's old, and he really only has two sons. Wouldn't it be natural for him to go, well, God, where are all my kids? But that's not his posture. He, he, you see this faith. Look at verse 6. Abraham said, see to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring, I will give this land, and he will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. So you see Abraham's like, hey, God's got this. God's going to take care of this. God has spoken to me, and what's, uh, what's inspiring to me as I look at Abraham's life in spite of his mistakes, you see this unwavering trust in God. And man, it's a long-term trust because you've got to realize he's old now and he still trusted the Lord. And look what he says in, in verse 8. He says to his servant, but if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you'll be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning the matter. Now, there, there are several things that I, that I want us to point out today, but, but the first thing I want us to see is, and I don't want us to miss this, especially as we read through the Bible, that following Jesus is an interactive relationship. And we see this from the very beginning of the Bible. You see God interacting with us, and this is something I don't want you to miss. I don't want us to come and be religious, so many times people come to church and they're just religious and they miss the call of a relationship that we have with God. We are called to a relationship with the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. When he walks with us, he speaks to us, 
He moves in us. And that's what prayer is. And when you, when you look at Abraham's life, there were many times that we see as he, as he progressed that he would commune with God. He would talk to God. God would speak to him. And, and, and you know, he came to know God. And that's our call, right? We can know God. You can know him. Walk with him. Hear him. Have him speak to you. And, and you know what I've come to find is, is as I come to know God, I learn about God. He teaches me. And, and this is what Abraham models, I think, all through his life. As he came to know God, he learned about him. And, and you know, he trusted him. He said to him, hey, an angel is going to go before you. And, and what, what, is, what is the angel delivering God's word? And so let's recognize this, when, that God's, God speaks through his word. He speaks to us. His spirit guides us. His spirit will, will, will use his word in this supernatural way. And then when you pray, it's not falling on deaf ears. Your prayers aren't hitting the ceiling and that's it. Prayer is this close, interactive relationship with God, and we see it. Now, now we've got to understand prayer. We, we you know, when you think about uh, what we've, we, we, you have encountered the Pharisees in our New Testament reading this week. You've encountered Pharisees. And, and you know, a Pharisee, a, a good Jew, uh, would, would pray three times a day. That's what they would do. They'd pray. Now, this is, um, they'd pray around nine, around noon, and around three. And they would stop wherever they were, they were and they would pray. Now, this was not new. This, you can trace all that practice all the way back to Daniel. Remember Daniel? In the book of Daniel, he got in trouble because he prayed. He was praying throughout the day. But you ran into these Pharisees, and, and, these, and in Luke 12, you saw them. And these Pharisees, one of the things they would do when they would pray, they would stop in the public, and they would just offer all these big prayers in public. Like, and, and, and really what they were doing, these Pharisees were doing, they were, they were praying for other people. They weren't really praying to God. They were just trying to look spiritual. That's why I don't want us to miss Luke 12 that we read this week. Remember in Luke 12, I think it's 1, when he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You know what the leaven of the Pharisees is? It's a good trivia question. It's hypocrisy. And so here's why I pray that we catch as we read through the Bible, though that's a big accomplishment that we should pursue. As we learn to pray, let me tell you something. We don't do this for show. You don't follow the Lord for show. Let's be a people that seek the heart of God. You see this. And Abraham expected God to keep his word. He's like, God's going to keep his word. And this is what's so miraculous about Abraham because I would think it would be difficult for him to, it would be natural for him to question God because God promised him this long heritage. But, but Abraham had a, had a vision of faith that extended way beyond just what he could see. And look at verse 8. He says, but if the woman is not willing to follow you, then he says to his servant, then you'll be free from this oath of mine. Only you must take my son, not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. And then, and then notice what the servant of Abraham does. He, he prays like Abraham prayed. He's like, okay, I'll do this. 
And then he prays like Abraham prayed. Look at verse 12. And he said, oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. So he took off. And he, and he said, okay, Abraham, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust that, that this is what God has led you to do. So he goes, and so he follows the example of Abraham and says, hey, God, God, I'm going to come to you. God, I know that, that you hear. I know that you see. So here's what I ask. And he says in verse 13, behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman whom I shall say, please let down your jar that I may drink, and who shall say, drink, and I'll water your camels. Let the one whom you've appointed for your servant Isaac, by this you shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. So look how specific he prays. He's praying, God, let it be so specific. And, 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 and I, like you, I, I've, I've found prayers hard. And there are times that I've prayed, and it may not have turned out exactly like I, like I thought. But, but, but let me tell you, what you see here is not just an instantaneous prayer. You do see God answering a prayer so specifically, but you also see, and what I don't want you to miss, you see God answering a prayer for longevity, prayers that, that they couldn't even know all the details. It's interesting. This passage shows something very important that I don't want us to miss. You see Abraham, you see his servant, they are spending time with God. And you know what I want to challenge us to do is recognize this, that you can spend real time with the Lord. And I don't want you to miss this incredible Old Testament exam, example as they are spending real time with God. And this is why I want us to make sure that we connect the dots as we learn to pray, as we engage the word. We're not just going through religious motions. God's calling you to spend time with him. He's going to speak to you. And this is why every I'll be honest with you, every time I come to church, I expect God to meet us here. God to correct us here. God to confront us here. You know, I, I write stuff out and all this stuff, but, but I pray that, and I prepare and I study, but I pray that the Holy Spirit moves here in ways I'm not, I'm even surprised. And this is what's happening. As he spent time with the Lord, look at verse 15. This is so cool. Before he had finished speaking, I mean, he's praying this, and before he finishes speaking, Behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, and wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her water jar on her shoulder. Now, at this point, he doesn't know that who she is. He just knows this, according to verse 16, the young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom no man had known. She went down to the spring and and, and filled her jar and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, please give me a little water to drink from your jar. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she quickly let her jar upon her hand and, and, and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camel also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water, and she drew for all her camels. And the man 
Look at verse 21. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord has prospered his journey or not. And he's like, oh my goodness, is this it? This is happening just like I prayed. In verse 22, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half a shekel and two bracelets for her arm weighing 10 gold shekels and said, please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? And she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, we have plenty of both straw and fodder and room to spend the night. And we read this verse, verse 26. Look what happened. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. He bowed his head and said, God, you see, I worship you. You see me. You have moved in front of me. And then look at this. And he, and he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham. And look at what he says. Who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness towards my master. As for me, the Lord has led me in the way to the house of my master's kinsmen. And the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. And this is why I pray that as we come to, to church, we, we learn to listen through his word. That we learn to pay attention to what God is saying through his word. And that's why I don't want us to go through the motions this year, but, but we say, Lord, may we learn to listen through your word. May we learn to watch as we pray. Look, when you pray, you got to watch. Let's not go through the motions, the religious motions here. Throughout my life, you know what? It's been interesting as, I, as, I, the, as I've tried to learn to pray and I've been growing in my prayer life because I'm still growing in my prayer life that, that I look at the scriptures and the scriptures help me grow in my prayer life. I've also got to rub shoulders with some giants of the faith who've prayed and learned to pray and prayed in, in, in their lives. And you know what I'm, I'm asking the Lord for our church? Lord, this year, I don't want to just be a church that read through the Bible. I want to be a church that seeks your face, seeks the Lord through his word, that pays attention to, to as, as we pray. And, 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 and you know, it, it's, it's interesting as you look at this, this prayer, it seems like, man, I, uh, have you ever had a moment where God answered a prayer just like you prayed? You might go, well, I haven't done that yet. But, but I want you to know, we're not just seeing an instantaneous prayer answered. You're seeing a, a lifelong prayer being answered. And this is why it's so important for us to pay attention to how God has moved all through your life. And I think it's really interesting. I mean, I, this week has been a really big week for me in my life. And honestly, it's been... In my journey, I've seen some, there have been some moments that God has answered some prayers really quickly. But I've also, this week, had a moment where I've just looked at how God has been answering a prayer that's been a long prayer. You know, um, I've been amazed how God has been gracious in giving me a relationship with him 
and, I, and I've, I can remember times praying things that I just, in my, in my heartache, I, I was like, God, I don't get it. I'll never forget June 3rd, 2002, ever. And I was a youth minister in Oklahoma City, and I was, you know, it was a great time. Our ministry was going great. And I remember getting that phone call. Justin's been in an accident. I'll never forget going to Baptist Hospital, and, and I'm literally 20 feet from walking into the door of Baptist Hospital, not knowing what I'm about to experience. And my cell phone rang, and it was Todd Sanders, who was the youth minister at Parkview Baptist Church in Tulsa. He calls me and says, hey, man, you all right? You're on my heart right now. You doing okay? I go, I don't know. I'll call you back. And I hang up the phone. I walk in the door, and this ninth grade girl that's in my ministry comes running at me and puts her head in my chest. And I said, did, did Justin die? And, and tires broke off a truck as he was going westbound on I-44. Tires broke off a semi-truck, crossed the median, and hit his car. Killed him instantly. The day before, he was named Baseball Player of the Year for the state of Oklahoma. Front page of the sports section on the Daily Oklahoman the day before, and I remember leaning against the wall, and I said, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? But God walked with us. He used his word to speak to us, and, he, and, um, and we, we were healing years later, and we started a baseball ministry years later, and it was, made no sense because I was a terrible baseball player. I was awful. D Dustin, right? I, 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 I used to throw batting practice, and Dustin fired me from the Little League Baseball batting practice. But God led us to start a baseball ministry. I remember calling Brad Ayler because we were, I said, hey, Brad, we're, we're starting a baseball ministry, and he goes, what? You don't know anything about baseball. I go, I know. I know, we're going to start this. It's going to be awesome. And we started the Ambassadors. And that first year, we, we were convinced that God, let a, God wanted us. I was convinced God wanted us to take this team to, to Nicaragua on a mission trip. And, and we, were, we were trying to, I was $25,000 short. I realized really quickly that I couldn't take I couldn't buy plane tickets on my looks. I actually had to have the money for it. And, and I remember on a Wednesday in 2008, we're $25,000 short. And I got on my knees and I said, I was in my office, and I, I said, hey, Lord, I don't know if you noticed, but our checkbook's a little low, little low right now. And if you, if you don't want us to go on this mission trip, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you because you've moved in front of us and I know that you have moved. I'm convinced that you've seen us. But I just want to know, I, I want you to know we're short. And a name popped in my head and I stopped praying. I got in my phone. I called the guy and he, 
gave me $5,000 over, I mean, just said, I'll give you $5,000. Okay, cool. Thank God. Back on my knees. All right, Lord, we're, we're $19,000 short now. Um, by noon, we were $16,000 short. And there was a guy that God put on my heart. I called a guy from Ada, Oklahoma, and I left a message. Pete, this is Chris. Would you give me a call? That Wednesday night, I'm walking into church dinner at Council Road Baptist Church, and Pete Cantrell called me and says, hey, Chris, what's going on? I go, hey, Pete, I, I, thank you for calling me back. I said, I, uh, hey, uh, you know, we started this baseball thing, and God has really put on my heart a call to go to take this whole team to Nicaragua on a mission trip. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'd like to come to Ada tomorrow and could you get about 10 guys together and let me just talk to them? And I just want to tell them about this. He goes, what do you need? I go, I need $16,000. He goes, ah, Chris, you're too busy to come to Ada. I got that. And I go, excuse me? He goes, I got that. I had to walk outside because I, I started weeping I watched God answer a prayer of $25,000 in one day. And, and you know what? God continued to move. And then God led me to come here in, in 2012. And I'll never forget, we, we, as I'm coming, planning to come to be the pastor here, I... I I made a video and I, I used these pictures that I had used for years. I'd seen for years. And, um, and in, this, in this video were two pictures that I, I used. And, and I'd gotten to Owasso and I was, we, we were me, feeding the Owasso baseball team. And I showed this video to them as I was going to share a little bit of my testimony and story. And as we're sitting there watching this video, Coach Turner's daughter, is in the crowd, and she says out loud, there's a picture of Justin catching, and there's another picture of Justin holding up a trophy, and she says, that's a Wasso's baseball field. I've seen that picture since 2002, and I've never looked at the batter ever, and sure enough, OR on his chest. I was blown away because it pointed to the fact that God had been working before I even thought about it. And then a year ago, I reluctantly handed off all of our baseball. We're not doing baseball anymore. And this week, we launched this podcast, which is the next chapter. And you know what I've seen in my life? I've seen God at work through ups and downs, failures and victories. I've seen God show up offering to me this relationship that says, I see you and I want to walk with you. You see that in Abraham. You see that, that God was walking with him. He was learning, God, you see me. 
God, even when I stumble and fall, you're gracious to me. You keep your promises to me. And this is why I can't miss, and I don't want us to miss, this radical calling that we have to learn how to pray, folks. You can interact with the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and we see it right here on, in black and white. You see God answering the prayers of Abraham. And, and though he only had two sons, and one was Ishmael, that didn't work out that well for, uh, he took it in his own hands. But yet we can look back now and see, oh my goodness, God kept every promise to Abraham. And I want you to know God's going to do that for you. And that's why I pray. We learn to pray. So I'm going to hustle because I want to challenge you to take some steps with your personal prayer time. And here's some steps I want to invite you to take. First thing is, here's, here's a step. I want to challenge you to pick a time and a place to pray. You realize you're not going to just drift into a, into a faithful time of prayer. You're not going to accidentally stumble into it. When I look at the Bible, so much praying is not done because we don't plan to pray. And nobody drifts into a disciplined prayer life. And I'll confess to you, I've, I've seen this in my own life as a pastor. Um, several years ago, I went on an IM, a trip to Richmond with the International Mission Board, and God spoke to me saying, Chris, you need to pray more. There's not a moment on your calendar as a ch- at, at your church where you pray. And I looked at these missionaries, I was like, man, I need to, I need to go home and pray. But you know what I did? I got home and I got busy. And then I went back on a second trip and I meet another missionary couple and I thought, man, I need to, we got to pray more. And I felt like God said, Chris, let's go pray, man. You need to put a time on your calendar where the church is praying. But I got home and I got busy again. So I went back to a third meeting. And maybe, you know, I want you to be better than me here. Third time, God spoke to me, Wall. I don't know why I feel like God uses my last name when I'm being disciplined, but... Maybe that goes back to my heritage. I don't know. Wall. Hey. Time to pray. And I came home, and I, I, made, a, I made a slight adjustment to my schedule. And you know that on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30, we have a time on our calendar of our church where we pray for an hour. And if I'm not at dinner with the pastor, I'm at that meeting, and we're praying. And you know, when I look at 1 Thessalonians 1.2, I look at Ephesians 1.16, I see Paul being very intentional about his time of prayer. He prayed. I want to challenge you to pick a time and a place this week that you're going to pray. The second one, and this is a weird point, adopt posture tactics. And I wrestled with that. Did I, did I say it like that? Is that weird? Is that memorable? Probably not. But I want to challenge you to think about your tactics of your posture when you pray. Pick a time and place and then uh, adopt some posture tactics 
that will help you. Because I don't know about you, but have you found that when you sit down to pray, your mind wanders? You ever, anybody like that? Like you're like, it goes something like this. Dear Lord, thank you for staying. I'm right, glad to come to you. What am I going to eat later? Um, or, uh, oh, sorry, Lord. Uh, you know, uh, Lord, I just want to bring, I uh, praise you. And I think, did I feed the dog? That may be a dog praying. Your dog praying going, hey, you didn't feed me. I don't know. But, um, but I want to challenge us to adopt some tactics that will help you pray. Like, like for instance, if your mind's wondering, pray out loud. Because I find that when I'm praying out loud, I'm, I'm hearing my own voice, even when I'm by myself. Pray out loud. Uh, or maybe stand up. Walk around your living room. Drive in your car. Don't close your eyes if you're praying, driving your car. I mean, come on. Trust the Lord, right? But come on, open your eyes. Drive in your car. Pray. Adopt some tactics that will help you engage. Um, you could use your Bible as you pray. Like you could pick Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21 is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. And, and that's a good practice. You could use those words to help you pray. Um, or take a psalm and pray. And, 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 or, or think about your Bible reading that you're in right now as we read through the Bible. Tie your prayer to your Bible reading. These are just some tactics that you can use to really control your mind and, and lead your mind as you pray. You could sing a song. You know, um, you could make up a song. I mean, maybe not publish it. I don't know, or post it on, online or anything. But... Um, but you could sing a song, or you could um, write in your journal. That's a good way. That's something, the here journals are really helpful. And I want to challenge you, write it down. That helps you engage. I want to challenge you to adopt some posture tactics. La la second, third thing, third thing, it's not the last thing. Third thing, partner up. You could partner with somebody. Like, uh, Robin and I have been praying together more uh, in the last year than we ever have in our marriage. And, um, and now that we're involved in that, I, I wish we would have done it more. <laughs> I wish I had started earlier. And we've prayed together at, all through our lives, but, but as far as just more, like way more consistently right now. So partner up, because that's one of the things that will help you learn to pray, because Robin holds me accountable. Hey, we need to pray. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're, let, let's, get, let's, let's pray. And, uh, and so when you partner up, you can push each other. Uh, at different times, um, you know, and then you, like Wednesday night, come Wednesday nights, join us, join us in praying, uh, partner up. Last thing, pick a model, pick a model of prayer. Can I give you a model? Here's what I mean by that. Like, think of the word pray, P-R-A-Y. This is the model we're following on Wednesday nights. And, and the P stands for praise. You could take a moment where you say, uh, we're gonna take, I'm going to take five minutes and Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to think of all the ways to praise you. Um, and and this, this is a good model. I'm a, Lord, I'll praise you for, you know, you woke me up this morning. Or I'm going to praise you for my, my wife or my husband or my kids or my, uh, my job. Or Lord, or, or take a psalm. Psalm 98 is a great psalm that, that has some praises in it that you can uh, use those psalms to help you praise the Lord. But take some time to praise the Lord. Because you know what you'll find? When you start thinking about, okay, Lord, how can I praise you? your mind starts filling up with lots of things you can praise the Lord for. Praise. R, 
repent. And it doesn't take any of us long to realize, man, I, got, I need to repent. I need to get right with the Lord. And every time I come and confront God's word, God has a correction for me. He's got a, um, a, a, a direction for me. So that repentance is important. Man, I want to be a... Now, now there's a difference between the repentance of your sin and you're saved. Okay, there comes a point where you just re, you repent of your sin. But then God moves us to repent of our sins. There's a difference between sin and sins. You can process that. I don't have time to process that right now, but think about that. Then, but repent. First John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Remember when Jesus said, or Peter said to Jesus, when he was like, I'm gonna wash your feet. Peter was like, no, no, you're not washing my feet. And then Peter got chippy and smart, like, wash my whole body then. And, Peter, and Jesus said, Peter, your body's clean. Your feet are dirty. Give me your feet. Okay. Repent. Third thing, A, ask. There's many things to ask the Lord for. But you know what I find when I praise first and I repent first? I tend to ask rightly. Because God does a work in me and gets me in the right spot to help me know how to ask. And there's so many things to ask for. Maybe it's a burden. We can cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Maybe there's friends in your life that need prayer. Maybe there's um, the lost around you. Maybe you need to ask for, for, to, for God to help you forgive and be right with somebody else. There, there's so many things to ask, circumstances in your life. Ask. And the why? I love the why. The why is yield. Yield. That means, God, I, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to yield to you. I'm going to surrender to you. This is the beauty of Abraham's story. God, I'm going to surrender to you. Even though there are times he took matters into his own hands, he, his story was one of surrender to you. You know how much better your life would be if you say, God, I'll just surrender to you. Because he loves you. His word leads you, like, like Psalm 119 says, like, like to, as a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. You know where all this is couched in? It's this relationship with God. You know, John 17.3 is one of my favorite verses. And it says this, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, and Jesus Christ in whom you have sent. You know what my wife said to me? I, did I say it right, Stacy? Sort of. My wife said to me, she, she always she comes to the first service. She came up to me and she goes, oh, that was a great sermon. You, you've learned that verse wrong, and so uh, you just need to say it right in the next service because I always add an extra word. And I was like, I love this woman. I married the right woman, man. That's a great lady. You know what the point is of that verse? You can know God. That's what eternal life is, is knowing God. And oh, I want you to walk with him 
and not miss this gift of learning to pray and listen to Him and talk to Him and interact with Him and watch Him lead you and guide you because there's nothing more incredible than living a life in the middle of God's will. There's nothing more incredible than walking with Jesus and having Him taking even the most craziest, difficult circumstances and working for the good even though you can't see it. And you see this, and I'm encouraged as I look at Abraham's life because all through his life, he says, God, I trust you. Even though I only have one son that, that you have blessed, and, and well, he blessed Ishmael too. It multiplied. He did that. But, but, you know, even though it didn't work out maybe like I saw, God, I trust you. And I pray that we are a people like we just sang, only trust him. Trust him now. And Joe, I want you to come and lead us in that song. And so our mission challenge today, can I challenge us? Think how, think how amazing it will be if everybody watching online or in this room, that we picked a time this week and we started that pray model, that praise, that repentance, that asking and that yielding. Oh, don't miss that adventure in your life. Oh, don't miss it. You can trust him. No matter what you're going through right now, you can trust him. So here's what I want us to do. I'm going to ask Joe to start singing, and, and the invitation is for all today. And if you need Jesus, we're going to be here. Well, I'll, I'll be down front. We'll help you. But right now, I just want to challenge you with this prayer. I want to challenge you that before you stand and join Joe in this song, that you ask the Lord that Luke 11, one prayer. Lord, would you teach me to pray? So as Joe starts to sing, I'm going to ask you right now, you bow your head right where you are. Close your eyes. Would you ask the Lord, Lord, teach me to pray. And when you're ready, stand and worship with Joe.